Hey guys, it's ATT. We have Athletic Training Tuesday with Mike Millward. Uh, Mike's going to talk about training recovery and transitioning from sport to sport. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Bases Loaded Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Kennedy. And today I get to have a little ATT talk with my good buddy, Mike Millward. Mike, how's it going, man? Hey, you know, living, living the dream. Rainy days, warm days, cool days, all over the place with weather and uh, trying to work off this COVID-19 I've gained. <laughs> I'm with you on that, buddy. It's crazy, man. We get some of these, you know, crappy days in a row and then some really nice days. And the nice days, I'm, I'm out mowing my lawn thinking about how awesome it would be to be somewhere at a baseball field. Uh, but obviously we're we're going to be a ways away from that as far as, you know, professionally and all that stuff. But we did have some news about uh, trying to kind of reacclimate everybody and everything into the sports world at the, at the end of the month. It'll be interesting. I've seen a lot of people complaining about, you know, the rules of, with, you know, just like Little League Baseball, for instance. But um, it's to the point where, in my opinion, like we, we got to do something. We got to try to, to get sports back and return it a little bit of normalcy. But We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so last week uh, we talked a little bit about uh, specializing in sports, uh, you know, pros and cons. Um, so what, what should an athlete do to recover after a workout or hard practice? So like we talked about a little bit in the sports nutrition um, segment, part of the series, you know, their diet's going to play a big role in this. There's some things I'm going to talk about in a second about treatment. But focusing on that, that three to one carb to protein ratio in your diet as far as an immediate post-recovery workout. Another thing that gets overlooked quite a bit, I went to a conference a couple of years ago and they had a, a dietitian from the Ohio State University talking about how they track the vitamin D levels in their athletes, which sounds great. When you're, when you're at a big time university, you've got the staff to do that. Um, you know, local athletes, we don't necessarily have a dietitian or, or people doing lab work to check different enzymes and blood levels and vitamin D levels. But increasing your vitamin D intake can be real critical to uh, the recovery from, from training. Um, some of the things vitamin D does is it's going to help with our oxygen delivery. So it's going to help provide oxygen and nourishment to the cells to help recover and be able to do more. Um, they say it actually can improve recovery for up to 48 hours. So if you've ever had that difficult training session that, you know, the, a day, two days, three days later, you were super sore, vitamin D can play a role in that. And it actually plays a big role in muscle development. So after you lift, after you train, it actually helps synthesize or create that new muscle tissue, that, that growing um, recovered muscle tissue, which then can lead to in, increasing your force and power. So focusing on that vitamin D can be critical. Um, it's also what we call a fat-soluble vitamin, so you do, do need to consume some healthy fats for vitamin D to be able to do its job. And some simple sources of vitamin D, um, you get it from orange juice, eggs, milk, uh, sunlight. If we get some of those days we had like over the weekend, sunlight's a great source. But if you want to get it through your diet, you know, fatty fish like salmon, um, drinking, drinking whole milk, those are going to be some good sources. But outside of, of diet recommendations, Foam rolling has actually showed to be a very positive recovery tool. The only problem with foam rolling is a lot of athletes don't necessarily do it right. So when we foam roll, we want to use something that's a, a moderate density, a moderate firmness, and you have to do it for at least 20 minutes 
Um, you want to do that immediately when you work out or your, it could be competition. It could be a, a weightlifting session. It could be agility training. But when you get done with that session, whatever body parts you targeted throughout that, you want to spend a solid 20 minutes actually doing some foam rolling and then do that again every 24 hours for the next 72 hours. So you get done, boom, hit it for 20 minutes. The next day, boom, hit it for 20 minutes. Do that for three days following the workout. That'll help recovery significantly. Um, using ice. So you, we've, we've seen the athletes track and cross country at the best at using these, but doing that ice immersion, sitting in that cold whirlpool, you know, that cold is going to help control some of the inflammation, help decrease some pain and kind of rejuvenate things. So it kind of constricts everything. And then as it opens up, we get an increased blood flow. That's going to bring everything we need to the need to the body parts to really help it recover and be ready for that either next day of competition or next day of training. Uh, sleep is critical. So getting enough sleep. Now, there's studies over and over and over about how much sleep an athlete needs or a, a little kid needs versus a teenager needs. The key to sleep is get what you need. If you can go to sleep and wake up without an alarm clock or wake up with an alarm clock but not feeling groggy, that's your ready, your, your ready to go signal. If you struggle to get out of bed, especially as an athlete, you're, you're, you're working a busy schedule, you've got a job, you've got school, you've got your sport, really trying to find that, that sweet spot, that sweet zone of how much sleep do you need. Some six or seven hours is good. Some need eight to 10, but really try to find that zone of where you wake up, you feel refreshed, you're ready to go. It's not a struggle. That sleep's going to help the body recover. That's where it does the most recovery is when the rest of the body's at rest. A uh, big disclaimer here on anti-inflammatory. So your ibuprofen, Aleve, naproxen, Motrin, et cetera. Those are okay to use for pain and inflammation. We don't want to overuse the NSAIDs, the, the anti-inflammatories, because of soreness. When we train, whether it's lifting, you've increased your mileage as a cross-country runner, you started throwing a little bit more, so that elbow or shoulder is sore. Anti-inflammatories are okay for pain when there's swelling, so injury-based stuff. But that soreness following a good training session or a good workout is actually the body making changes to improve. So when we take those anti-inflammatories, we actually cut that, that process down a little bit and we don't have the same strength, power, uh, speed, et cetera. We don't have the same gains when we, when we interfere with medication. So if you have an injury and, anti, and you don't have any kidney problems, blood clotting disorders, et cetera, always talk to a physician before you take medica medication. But if we have pain and inflammation, take NSAIDs, don't use it for soreness, let the body recover, do some foam rolling, sleep, eat right, and, and soak your body in some ice. That's probably some of the best ways you can to, to recover for that next day. So let me ask you this. How many of those things is the, the common high school athlete doing? Uh, what, what sport would you say? Uh, let, let's say football. Um, football players, uh, they may, if they've got an educated coach and a, and a good strength coach, they may hit that protein-carb ratio. Uh, but I can tell you most football players are probably not conscious about their, their vitamin Ds. Um, maybe they sleep, they're, they're not notorious for wanting to do the ice immersion. Uh, the, sometimes the upperclassmen, if you break them in as freshmen and sophomores into how much it can recover, um, they'll use it. But I'd say the average athlete, probably two, maybe three. We know kids typically don't sleep as much as they should. Um, we know kids tend to abuse the anti-inflammatories. Uh, and even those that do foam roll, a lot of them don't spend a solid 20 minutes doing it. So I'd say maybe one or the common athlete, probably one or two of those things to really try to recover. 
Okay. So how does an athlete safely transition, you know, going from one sport to the next? Um, what do you, what do you, obviously that's a big thing depending on sport specific, but um, you know, a lot of the sports, you know, football, and basketball are not the same thing. Cross country and wrestling are not the same thing. So how do they transition from one sport to the next? And that's, that's, that's such a tough situation. It's quite the double-edged sword, especially from a coach standpoint. You know, every coach looks at their sport as the most important sport. And I respect that. You know, if, if you're passionate about basketball, you're a basketball coach. If you're passionate about wrestling, you're a wrestling coach. So when it comes time for those athletes to transition from their previous sport into their new sport, those, these coaches want them there, you know, three days ago. You know, football ends on a Friday. And typically basketball has become official typically right around that weekend, uh, especially if there's no postseason for that football team. So what we want to do is if we focus day-to-day on the the day-to-day recovery things we talked about just a second ago, that's how you keep your body in the best condition. Now, when we go from sport to sport, we do want want to give our athletes at least a couple days to recover. And part of it is a physical recovery, but the bigger part of it is that psychological recovery. Um, Depending on the athlete, some are gung-ho ready for that next sport. Some start feeling burnout. The more successful the previous season was, typically the better condition the athlete is, in, is for that next sport. And part of that is, you know, if you've been a part of an 0-10 football team and a 10-0 football team, the demeanor is much different. The aches and pains hurt a lot worse when you're losing than when you're winning. So if we, take, we do our day-to-day transition, take a couple of days off to recover mentally, and then slowly work back in. Uh, The nice thing is typically when we transition from sport to sport, season to season, the surface changes. So typically our fall sports are going to be outdoor sports. Our winter sports are going to be indoor and then our spring are back outdoor. Where we worry about some overuse is when we stay on the same surface over and over, um, where we can see in some women's sports. So if we look at volleyball transition to women's basketball, depending on the gym you're playing, if you're in Galleon, I'm not worried about you because that is the softest, squishiest, most trampoline-like floor in the history of the world. If you're at the Shelby Middle School, which used to be the high school, you, you've got basically a, a wood floor on top of a concrete floor, which is beating your body up over and over. So slowly transitioning into that surface change can help. Um, a lot of times the surface change is, is beneficial to the body. And again, you don't want to go from, from 13 weeks of football right into a full basketball practice. The body's not quite ready for that. You know, if you think about acclimation period at the start of fall sports, we really should have an acclimation period at the start of every sport. And unfortunately, I've, I've seen and heard from a lot of coaches and athletes from teaching at Pioneer. I have access to kids from 14 different schools. When you, talk, when you hear about the coaches, a lot of them, that day one is the, are you, are you strong enough to be part of this team? And that's really not the right mindset, especially those athletes transitioning from sport to sport. Slowly work them in, get them used to the movements of the game. When you, when you have an athlete, let's use basketball, for example. They've been at open gym for six weeks, you know, one or two days a week trying to get ready for the start of basketball becoming in-season mandatory. Just because those football players weren't there doesn't mean they don't care about it or they shouldn't have the same kind of acclimation period to it. We need to work with these athletes, get them, get them ready for the movements, get them ready for the drills, get them ready for the surface, and then break them in over about a, a period of, I would say, at least a week to, to 10 days. Slowly acclimate those, those athletes back into the new sport. Okay, so what, uh, what would you tell a parent or an athlete? Um, you know, we've talked about the importance of playing different sports, multiple sports, not just, you know, specializing and, and you know, the pros and cons of both of them, really. Uh, what would you tell a parent or an athlete that's going to play or want to play in multiple sports to be aware of? What should they be looking out for? 
Yeah. Multiple sports is the way to the way to go. It's the way to become the best athlete you can. But when we talk when I when I refer to multiple sports versus sports specialization, I'm really trying to focus on multiple sports in their own seasons. So when we talk about that multi-sport athlete, volleyball has become a year-round sport. Basketball has become a year-round sport. Baseball has become a year-round sport. You know, if we look at fall ball, spring ball, and hitting clinics and stuff like that through the winter. When we look at those, those sports becoming year-round sports, we want to focus on the in-season. So when, if I'm a basketball player, I shouldn't be doing six days of basketball and three days of baseball in the same season. That's where we really need to be care- careful. So multi-sport, focusing on seasons, having a real off-season. Overuse is still a very real deal there. Um, so we talked about the overuse and burnouts last week on the specialization. Follow the recovery protocols. Take care of your body. Focus on one sport per season with some other training. You can be a basketball player that's also lifting. You can be a cross-country runner that's also maybe playing some, some fall ball here and there, or maybe not true fall ball, but hitting the cage once or twice a week. But listen to your body. When you, when you start to feel that soreness that doesn't go away, it starts to get a little bit worse over time. That's time to start slowing things down a little bit. So listen to your body. All right, good stuff, Mike. Uh, what do we got next week, buddy? Yeah, you kind of uh, did a little little preview there at the start. You know, we got word just the other day from the governor that we're we're going to start getting back into these into sports. So I'd like to get into the you know returning not just to sports but also um, access to gyms, whether it's a YMCA or a Snap Fitness, and the COVID precautions and kind of kind of my take on those. And when we really look at at development, there's a difference in development and overdoing it. That's the, that's, there's a fine line there. When we do a little bit too much, the body's going to tell you. When the body starts talking, listen, slow down a little bit. Um, let that soreness and that pain go away. Soreness is great after training. It means, it means you accomplish something. But when that soreness doesn't go away and, and chronically starts to get worse, we need to put, pump the brakes a little bit, um, put a little rest in our, in our future, let the body recover and then get back to the sport. But be, be careful having two or three sports going at the same time, especially in the summer when you don't have a high school season. A lot of times these kids are playing two or three different travel sports and the, the, body's, the body may handle it for some and others may have some major issues. So train smart. Um, hopefully we're dealing with the most educated, most educated of coaches and they're, they're not overdoing these athletes and they understand how much they're involved in. All right. Sounds good, Mike. Thanks a lot for being on the show, buddy. Hey, awesome, Gabe. Anytime. Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of the Bases Loaded podcast. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bases Podcast.